Welcome to The Big Cheese Show, your destination for fantasy sports domination. Now, here's your host, Chris The Big Chee Cheon. Welcome, everybody, to The Big Cheese Show. It is week seven. And I have been grinding away all week so I can help you dominate and make a push towards the fantasy playoffs. We are getting closer about midway through the fantasy football season. So let's get it on and started with the quarterback position. Now, what we're doing today on the Big Cheese Show is we're focusing on fringe guys. I'm not going to talk to you about Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins or... Any of the massive studs, you know you're playing them, but I want to help you with some maybe fringe plays you picked up on the waiver wire. You don't really know if they're start-worthy. And that's a guy like Daniel Jones who was on my waiver wire this week. I've had guys asking me, should I play Phillip Rivers or Jimmy Garoppolo this week? And I say, is Daniel Jones available? Go get him. My QB 13 coming into this week recommending him starting him in 12-14 team leagues. Again, if you don't have these upper echelon fantasy starters, I'm talking like Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes guys. Arizona allows the second most rushing yards to the quarterback position so far this year. They give up the third most fantasy points per game to the quarterback spot. Granted, now going back to that rushing uh, number, they face Lamar Jackson in week two. We know how much he runs. But outside of that, Russell Wilson, he only ran for seven yards against him. Andy Dalton, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Kyle Allen. These aren't running quarterbacks. This isn't Antoine Randall L. reincarnated as a quarterback. So Jones, he's got the ninth most amount of rushing yards at the QB position this year, even though he's only started four games. So 86 yards total so far this year he's got two rushing touchdowns as well and in the last three games the Giants are top 12 in terms of teams that choose passing plays they're choosing passing plays 59 percent of the time again in two of those games they were playing from behind so certainly sort of game script dependent but still trending in the right direction so I'm playing Jones over Garoppolo Philip Rivers Matthew Stafford Jimmy G just He's not pushing the ball down the field. He doesn't really have to with this 49ers scheme and Kyle Shanahan, who had such nice things to say about the Redskins organization, which they deserve it. We all know. Uh, Jimmy G, fourth lowest average intended air yards per attempt. Only Derek Carr, Luke Falk, who was just cut by the Jets, and Teddy Bridgewater have a lower average per attempt on intended air yards. So he doesn't, again, a lot of screen plays to these running backs and Short plays to Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel, and obviously uh, George Kittle as well. He's also got seven touchdown passes, but five interceptions. No one in the NFL chooses running plays more than San Francisco. That's the most telling thing. They choose running plays more than any team in the NFL. So that is a situation where I don't want to be really involved in the passing game. In deep leagues, I like Dante Pettis. If you're in a 14-team league with three wide receivers – couple flex spots. I think Pettis will continue to kind of grow within this offense, and he really just needs one big play to bust open. But in general, I'm not targeting the passing game. I'd rather go outside of the running backs, Breida, Coleman, who are involved in that a bit, and Kittle, obviously. Phillip Rivers, let's move on to him. He's taking on a Titans defense that allows the eighth least amount of points to the quarterback position. He's got six interceptions so far this year. Tennessee's defense 
has six picks, so kind of law of averages. I'm going to expect uh, Rivers to throw at least one interception. And then I mentioned Matthew Stafford. Listen, I've never been a monster Matthew Stafford guy. I get that he's played with some injuries back, shoulder here and there, but I don't think Matthew Stafford's winning me fantasy titles, and I don't want to play against the Vikings defense. Solid, not as good on the road. Detroit, two games at home this year. They've averaged choosing run plays nearly 49% of the time in those two games, respectively. Again, small sample size, but that's top five. And I'm not testing the Minnesota Vikings defense. All right, so let's move on now to the running back position. Can't believe Leonard Fournette is my number one running back this week, but juicy matchup against Cincinnati, who surrenders the most fantasy points per game to the running back position, even worse than the lowly Dolphins. I want to talk about Miles Sanders here in terms of my fringe running backs this week. He is third in the NFL with the most scrimmage yards, Per touch, among running backs who have touched the ball minimum 70 times, he scored the first touchdown of his NFL career last week when he caught a 32-yard pass where he, uh, nice play, beat the linebacker, man coverage up that seam there against the Vikings. Now, he's got eight targets in the passing game in the last two games. It's certainly not a plethora, but... If you're in DFS, you're looking at the Sunday night showdown, DraftKings pricing Sanders $300 more than Jordan Howard. I know personally, if I'm between the two, I kind of doubt that you have both running backs. Maybe you do. Maybe you did a handcuff situation, although in Philadelphia, it's not really a true handcuff, more of a true timeshare. I like Sanders one spot over Howard, even though Howard saw 65% of the snaps last week. Dallas has surrendered the sixth most receptions to the running back position. So I think that if you're going to beat the Cowboys, it's going to be with help in the passing game in the flats. And that's where Miles Sanders, or whether he goes up the field, he can line up in the slot too. He is more versatile than Howard, gives you the higher ceiling. That's why I prefer him. Don't love him season long, but again, we've got bye weeks. You're in a deeper league. You're listening to this. You're probably not playing in some eight team. And maybe you are. I don't, I don't want to take away people that are doing eight team leagues, but. You're looking for some edge, and I do still think Miles Sanders is somebody that you can start this week. One more thing about Sanders, he leads all running backs in efficiency. The guy coming in at eighth, David Montgomery, yes, 3.3 yards per carry. I have seen him on Michael Fabiano's list and different articles saying, sit David Montgomery. Okay, well, not everybody's that fortunate to be able to sit David Montgomery. I, and yeah, I'm focusing on two rookie running backs to start here, but Montgomery, I want to mention, he saw 52% of the snaps against the Raiders two weeks ago. Tariq Cohn with 53. Again, another true timeshare. Montgomery got game scripted out last game. When the Bears went down, he only carried the ball 11 times. Total for 25 yards, did score a touchdown. The week prior in their win against Minnesota, he got the ball 21 times. I think he's just been suffering from a banged up offensive line, but against the reeling Cowboys team, hey, if you're in a 14-team league, fire him up. You're playing them. Wide receiver position, something I was checking out, was average separation. And guys that I have thought were some wide receiver three flex plays come in at the very bottom of this list through six weeks. Kenny Galladay, I mean, you're playing Kenny Galladay. But Mike Williams, along with Galladay, lead the list at 1.9. And that 1.9 is the distance in yards measured between the wide receiver or tight end and the nearest defender at the time of a catch or in completion. Mike Williams is a fringe play this week. He's got no receiving touchdowns so far this season, but he's seen 23 targets in the last two games. That is getting looked at. 
The LA Chargers have chosen pass plays 66.4% of the time this season. That's a lot of times. They are throwing the ball. A lot of that again. You're going to hear this a lot. Game script. But 66.4% is the fourth highest percentage in the league. And while that separation number is concerning for Mike Will, he's ninth in average targeted air yards. So he is getting down the field, stretching it at least. The Titans defense has given up the eighth least amount of fancy points to the wide receiver position. Again, I don't love Mike Williams, but you may have to play him. If you're asking me if I'm between Williams or DK Metcalf, well, I'm going DK Metcalf. He's somebody that is on waiver wires in 10, 12 team leagues. Going back to that separation chart, Metcalf at two yards in distance between separated from the defender. We kind of knew that that was going to be his thing in the NFL, right? He's a big jack dude. He's about dominating the opposition, not so much separating from it. Metcalf's average in targeted air yards, however, the seventh best this year among eligible pass catchers, so he is getting looks down the field as well. I know the Ravens got Marcus Peters. That is an upgrade in their struggling secondary, but the defense has still allowed the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers so far this year. Now, Peters is going to come in and just be all-world? I don't think so. Ravens also have given up the fifth most total yards. Problem with Metcalf is just not really seen a ton of targets. 31 in six games. Averages out to about five. I think my math is correct there. He's got two touchdowns. I think he might see even more work, though, now that Will Disley tore his Achilles. I don't think Luke Wilson is absorbing those looks. We've seen Luke Wilson, okay? He's not going to be um, leading a team or exploding in terms of receptions and reception yardage. So that's where I think Metcalf kind of gets the upgrade as he's kind of a hybrid tight end, at least body-wise. Last one I want to highlight on this list of guys that are on the separation totem pole, low on that totem pole, and that's Marvin Jones. Tough matchup in theory against the Minnesota Vikings, but Xavier Rhodes, he's a shell of his former self. Been getting penalized a bunch, even if he does shadow him. And we go by last year, I mean, Jones caught six balls for 66 yards against him. He didn't score a touchdown, but that's still fringe flex play worthy. You could, could do worse. And Jones has pretty played pretty well historically against Minnesota. So out of the wideouts I mentioned, I still like Metcalf the best. Even though he's not getting the looks, I think he's got the best chance for the big play and the touchdown, and he's got the best quarterback. He's working with Russell Wilson. Mike Williams just below him, my wide receiver 29. And Marvin Jones... Comes in as my wide receiver 32. So don't really love Jones, but I don't hate him. If you're between Marvin and like either of the Jets wide receivers, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder against the New England Patriots on Monday night, I'd rather go with Marvin Jones. Let's move to the tight end position. It's ugly out there this week. And the guy I kind of find myself essentially all in on on season-long leagues is Darren Fells, who I'm replacing Will Disley with, who I replaced O.J. Howard with. I wonder how many of you are out there. If you're listening to me, tweet me at the Big Cheese Show. Loved Howard coming into this year. Now you realize, guess what? Bruce Arians doesn't like the tight end position. Never really has. So you picked up Disley. You spent decent dollars on him on the waiver wire. Now you're in no man's land again. Well, enter Darren Fells. He's my tight end 14 this week. I'm higher on him than I would say most in the industry. I think I saw him as like tight end 18 on Fantasy Pros, tight end 19, somewhere around there. I've got Jason Witten just ahead of him. But Fells led all Texans in receiving yards in Week 6. PFF gave him the best offensive grade on the team. 
Listen, Watson spread the ball around playing excellently. It's hard to exactly pinpoint where he's going to go. I mean, he's always going to look at the at DeAndre Hopkins first, but in terms of his secondary options, Will Fuller we saw explode. And there's also Jordan Akins, but he only saw 59% of the snaps compared to Fells and his 74%. And the Colts allowed the third most fantasy points to the tight end position per game. So I'm going to take a shot on Fells. I actually like Akins. I haven't looked at DraftKings pricing. I will, but... I like him without even looking at the price. It's a sneaky DFS play. No one's going to play this dude. He actually ran more, three more routes on less snaps so far this year than Fells. So I still like Fells over Aikens, but I'll take a shot on Aikens in a GPP in DraftKings where you're competing with 5,000 lineups or so. 16 targets for Fells over the last four weeks. I'll play him over Jared Cook who I get why people would make the argument that if he plays, he was out Thursday with the ankle injury, but if he plays, he's got a touchdown in his last two games, one more target over the past four games in Fells. But again, he's dealing with that ankle injury, not practicing on Thursday. I don't like that. Even if he does get out there, he could be limited as far as what he does. Let me finish off with a guy at the tight end position that I'd still start over both of them. That's Jimmy Graham. We all know he hasn't looked very good. That's bad drops, but he's still fifth at the tight end position in the whole league in separation. Oh, God, I'm looking at this catch percentage. 58.3%. That ranks 95th in the league, but Raiders give up the sixth most fantasy points to the tight end position per game, and the Packers receiving core is bad. You got Devontae Adams still out, bunch of younger guys there. I think that if in a bind, I still think Aaron Rodgers is going to trust Graham, even if he's been disappointing him. 17 targets in three games. Compare that to Cook, who saw 17 targets in four games. Finally, defenses. I'm taking a stand with Green Bay. I'll play them. They're my ninth-ranked defense this week, and I don't really think I'm going out like on a limb here. I'm just highlighting Green Bay because of the fact that They've gotten a lot of slack for not being great against the run, but the unit as a whole allows passes to be completed against them 57.9% of the time. That's fifth best in the league, and they've got 11 takeaways. So I think they are in a nice spot at home against a below-average quarterback in Derek Carr and the Raiders, who, yes, they got a nice win over the Bears. Let's not kid ourselves. This still isn't a great football team. All right, well, this was a solo edition of the Big Cheese Show. Thank you so much for tuning in on your short commute or while you were taking a break at work. Remember to check out my weekly rankings on WTOP.com. Music in this episode is Rev by Eveningland. Let's dominate this week. Tweet me at The Big Cheese Show and subscribe on iTunes. I really need those subscriptions. I'm lacking. Thank you so much, everyone.